Be seated. I am a blessed mother with two sons, Pastor Brandon Buford and then our other son, Brad Buford. One of them takes care of the spiritual fire, and our youngest son takes care of the natural fire. So the fire is taken care of in the Buford household. I'm thankful for my daughter-in-laws, my daughter-in-loves, Brianne and Tempe, and three grandsons, and one more on the way. Can you tell I'm happy? And yes, I'm thankful for that one girl. Thank you, Jesus. Sister Brianne Buford, you always do a great job speaking on Mother's Day. And today I want to give you honor. Bless you, bless you. But today, I'm changing the tone. It's going to be Happy Ladies Day. Today I want to give honor to all of you ladies that are here. Because there's ladies here that are very instrumental to our children. You've given a lot of your time, your energy, and blessings to our children. And I personally want to say thank you, thank you. So I'm kind of just going to change it. We're going to have Ladies Day, a ladies conference. To worship God is to recognize his worth and acknowledge him of who he is. We're offering our gifts. I love it when all the children came up and gave accolades to their mom the food, the worship. But I don't know if you caught one little darling that was standing right here. And she said, my mother prayed and I got the Holy Ghost. That something went all through me out of the mouth of babes. She wasn't coached into this. She wrote, giving honor to her mother. Yes, we need the food. Yes, we need the provision. Yes, we need shopping and all of that. But the most important thing was she needed her mother's prayers. One of the favorite rooms in our homes, ladies, is her kitchen. Men, can you say amen? Yes, I figured that. You bake cinnamon rolls in your home, and it just smells up the whole house. Now, they are saying that if you put your house on the market, one of the things you need to do if you're going to have your house to be shown that day, is to early that morning even bake cinnamon rolls or apple pie because there's something about when people's coming through a home, the smells that are in the home. Why? Because it's in the kitchen is where the heart of the house is. The kitchen is a place where all good smells and thoughts originate. I want to insert just something here. Family meals are very important in our homes today. I know we all live a very busy life. I understand. Sometimes it's fast foods. Sometimes it's tacos from, from Jack in the Box. Or sometimes it's a home-cooked meal, roast, potatoes, rice, whatever. And I know I'm between you and your Mother's Day meal, so I'm just getting y'all ready for it. But home is when the dinner is presented and it's at that home table then I want to insert something. When you're at that kitchen table, mothers and dads, let's take away the electronics. There's nothing more important than having a conversation with your children. Our children need our full attention, not Facebook around the table. If the phone rings, just say, hold on. I can get it later because I have these little darlings around my table. Either they're 35 little darlings or they're three 
eight-year-old little darlings. We need to give our children the most important thing, and that is our, our time. And one thing we need to do today, before you do your, your Mother's Day meal, is, and I know most of you do, let's pray. But I want to challenge you today on this Mother's Day. Men, why don't you pray for the ladies that are sitting at your table? Even if you're out in the public, that's okay. That's okay. I would like for you to pray for each one. From the smallest to the oldest, pray for the ladies that are sitting at their table. They have lots of challenges. They need our prayers. They need to hear the dad's prayer, the uncle's prayer, whoever's there. They need to hear the prayer. As ladies, yes, we like fairy tales. And this is one that I want to tell today about the Grimm brothers. A king had a beautiful, beautiful daughter. But at the same time, she was so very proud and arrogant that no man really wanted to marry her. She rejected one right after another, and she would say unkind things about this suitor and that suitor. So one day the king decided, you know what, I'm going to have a great feast, and I'm going to invite men from far and near because I want to find someone for my daughter to marry. So they were all these men came. They were placed in a row according to their ranks, kings, grand dukes, princes, earls, and the barons. Then the king brought his daughter out. And one by one, she started looking at these men. She looked at the first one. She said, oh, wait, he is way too fat. The wine barrel, she said. Another one, oh, my, he is just way too tall. Tall and thin, no, that's not the one for me. The third one, oh, he's too short. Short and thick is never quick. Another man, the fourth one, he is really pale, as pale as death. The fifth one, he's so red-faced. He looks like a prize rooster. The sixth one, she looked at him and she said, no, nah, not him. And she started rejecting each of the men that were there that the king had brought in. There was one that came in. It was a tall, stately gentleman, and she looked at him too, and she didn't have very kind words to say about him either. She said, he has a chin like the thrushback, and from then on, he was called Thrushbeard. Now, the old king, seeing that his daughter did nothing but ridicule the people and making fun of all of these men that he brought in, he became very angry. He said, I know what I'll do. The first beggar that comes to my door, I've got a plan for that beggar. Sure enough, a few days came by and a minstrel came and was singing beneath the window just trying to get maybe some hand dial. He was hungry. He needed some food. The king heard him singing and he said, hey, told the, the servant, said, would you bring him in? I, I'd, I'd like for him to come in. So the guy came in, he was dirty, his clothes were ragged, and he sang before the king and his daughter. And when he's finished, he asked for a small handout because he was hungry. The king said, oh, sir, I loved your song, and, 
And I'm going to give you a gift. I'm going to give you my daughter for a wife. Now, the king's daughter, she was very fearful at that. She thought, wait, wait, wait. Not me, Dad. He said, yeah. He said, I've taken an oath to give the very first beggar that came by, and I'm going to keep it. So, daughter, here is your husband. The priest was called in, and he married this beggar and the king's daughter. Oh, wow. Talk about change her lifestyle. She walked out, and the beggar held out his hand for her, and she put her head down, and away they went in the large forest. They got a little ways in the forest, and she asked the beggar, who owns this beautiful forest? And the forest said, oh, it belongs to King Thrushbeard. If you had taken him for your husband, all of this would have been yours. She said, I'm miserable. If only I would have married him. So they kept on walking, came across this beautiful green meadow, and she said, who owns this beautiful green meadow with the grapes growing? And yes, the beggar said, it belongs to King Thrushbeard. If you would have taken him, all of this would have been yours. Her head was hanging low, and she kept on walking. Then they walked into this big town and she looked around and she said oh who owns this town and he said it belongs to King Thrushbeard if you'd taken him all of this would have been yours and she said again to the beggar she said oh I'm so oh if only I would have taken King Thrushbeard and the beggar looked at her and said I don't like you always wishing for another husband am, am I not good enough for you so they came across this little bitty hut. And she looked at it and she said, what a tiny small dump. Who owns this miserable house? And the beggar just smiled and said, this is my house and yours. And we're going to live here together. She had to stoop to get in the low door. And so as soon as she walked in, she looked at the beggar and she said where are the servants and he said what servants we have to do for ourselves and so what I'd like for you to do I'm hungry isn't that very common ladies he said I'm, 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 I want some food and so she said but I don't know how to cook I've never cooked and, and so he started putting the fire together and tried to gather the few things that he had there at the home, and they ate a very light meal. The next morning, when they got up real early, and he said, now, you're going to have to do the housework. Me? I'm going to have to clean house? I've always had servants. He said, we've changed lives. This is where we live. This is where we're going to be. So a few days went, and she noticed in the cupboard there wasn't much food, and so the man said, wife, we can't go long, no longer doing this, so we're going to have to, what I'm going to do is I want you to, to weave baskets. So he went out and cut some willows and brought them home, and he was teaching her, and he said, now we're going to weave these, and we can sell them so I can get food for my home. Well, she tried to weave, but her fingers were so tender, and they were, it cut her hands, and he said, 
this is not going to work. I, I'm, I'm going to have to try something else. And so he said, okay, we, we can't do that. You know what? I'll know what I'll do. Let's start a business where I sell pots and pans and earthware. And, and then you could sit in the market because you're so pretty. And, and you can sell them. Oh, she thought, but what if the people from my kingdom sees me in the markets? They will really cue me. But he said, well, it's either that or we starve to death because we have no food in the house. Well, at first it went very well, her selling at the market. And so people would come and she would sell the wares and people would buy them. Many of them gave her money and even gave her extra money. And then said, oh, but you can keep your pots. I, re I really don't need them today. So it was a couple of weeks pass and she had ran out of pots and she came home to her husband and he was out working in the field and she said, I've sold all the pots that I have. He said, well, I'm going to get some more. And so he went and he dealt with someone and bought some more pots and she went back to the market the next day. She had all these beautiful pots set up in the very corner and she thought, you know what, this is going to work. This is, I can make some money for my family. But about then, this man come running in on a horse and just plowed right through all of her pots and pans. Broke every one of them. She began to cry, what am I going to do? All of our savings that we had put in to buy, to help us with food, it's gone. What will my husband say about this? So she ran home and went straight to her husband and told him what had happened. So the husband looked at her, and he said, well, the only thing I can think of, he said, I've talked to the king, and I thought maybe you could go and become a kitchen maid. And you could help there in the kitchen and help the, their cook. They need somebody to wash dishes. It's not the most pleasant job. But we're out of food. We don't have any money. And so he said, what they will do to pay us, they will give you some food every day. So put a little jar wrapped around your waist, and they will give us extra food, and that's what we could live on. So she went to the king's house. It happened that there at that king's palace, there was a wedding that was coming in a couple of days, and you could hear the excitement, hey, the king's son is getting married. All the ritual, all the beautiful decorations. And it took weeks for the food to be cooked. And, and so they would give her just a little morsel to put in her little jar to bring home for them to eat that day. So she'd peek in the, because she was in the kitchen, she'd peek around and say, oh, it's so beautiful in there. I could have had all of this, but I didn't. So then the smells, and but then they came the day for the wedding, and the king's son entered the palace. He was clothed in his finest and his velvet and silk. And when he looked, he saw the little the beggar's wife at the corner, and he went and he grabbed her hand and and said, hey, I want you to invite you to the wedding. And she said, oh, no, 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 not, not me, not me. I'm not dressed. Uh, no, no, I, I'm married. I'm, I'm, I'm married, but no, you, you go on. And so she, he 
went around the other doorway in a little bit. She kind of peeked in the room where the grand wedding was going to happen. And he came up to her and he said, come on, I want, I want you to bring you into the hall. I want you to bring into that. And when he grabbed her, the string around her waist where her little jar held the little provisions of the food that she was going to bring home to her husband had fallen and just scattered all over. She was embarrassed. People were there, and they started laughing at her and said, Oh, who is this beggar? Who is, who is this girl? And then when she looked up, she looked at the guy, and she said, This is King Threshbeard. This is the man I could have married. And then the man looked at her, and he said, Please don't be afraid. You see, I'm the beggar that you have been living with. I disguise myself. For the love of you, I disguised. Because I wanted to humble your proud spirit. But I really want you as my bride. She cried bitterly. I've, I've been terrible. I've done terribly. I'm not worthy to be your wife. He said, don't worry. This is our wedding day. And I want to celebrate with you. So the maids came in, put the finest clothes on this lady, and that's when her true happiness began. When did her life change? Is when she was in the kitchen. Is when her life totally changed. And today, I want to speak on dancing in the kitchen. I want to bring up the scripture, a whole chapter Oh, it's just five verses. It's a psalm of praise, and I want to read the whole chapter. Psalms 100, 1 through 5. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know ye that the Lord, he is God. It is he that hath made us, and not we ourselves. We are his people, and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving, and enter his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him, and bless his name. For the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting, his truth endureth to all generations. Sometimes we are like that little prince, princess that came in, we come into God's house where the power of God is here and we take it all for granted. Ladies, we're blessed to live in this beautiful country. We've got lots of freedom. There are some ladies here in China and other places that would love to be where you are today to worship in freedom. We are so blessed. There's ladies here, I could call out your name. You've been healed. You've been delivered from sin. God has given you shelter, food, and clothing. Friends, look around. I've got a church full of friends here. I could look, go to either any one of you ladies, and I really believe it. If I ask you, could you give me something to eat? You would do it. Could you come help me? I'm blessed with a beautiful congregation here at the Lighthouse. But ladies, you were chosen by God.
before the foundation of the world. You have been redeemed. You have been delivered. And the chains have been broken. But more than that, you have been filled with the power of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. We have direct access to his presence. He's your personal Savior and he's my personal Savior. God has given you, yes, some natural children, but there's some ladies here that God has given you some spiritual children. When I think of all that what he has done, all I want to do is worship him. I want to praise him and say, thank you, Lord. Thank you for what you have done. And I give him all the praise. Because it's without God's help, we cannot do anything. But with him, all things are possible. Oh, but there's things that would hinder our worship. Let me or introduce you to one of these families. They're called the Tater family. Miss Rotator, one minute she's praising God, and then the next she's not. And then there's Sister Agitator. She's the troublemaker and stirring things up. And then another Tater family, Miss Hesitator. She hesitates about working for God. You know, I really can't teach a Sunday school class. I'm too busy. I work a full-time job. I've got kids. I, I just can't. She, sometimes she even hesitates about coming to church. And then there's Miss Spectator. She's going to watch, and she's not going to participate in singing or worship. She's going to watch from the sidelines. And then there's one, Mrs. Imitator. She just want to imitate and not give God a chance to mold her to be what he wants her to be. Oh, but there's another part of the Tater family, Miss Amputator. Poor little Ampy cuts herself off from the church. She cuts herself off from God's blessings and worship and praise. I'm glad there's none of the Tater family except one that's here, and that's Sweet Potato. She always has a smile on her face. She loves God, but she's a worshiper. As I look over this great group of ladies, I see a lot of worshipers in here. There are some young ladies here. There are some teenagers, and there are some outstanding ladies a couple of weeks ago, I'm sorry, a couple of months ago when we had Youth Week, I was so impressed with the young people and the way they were worshiping God. They didn't, were not inhibited by what other people were doing. They were giving God worship. Lighthouse, I am so honored to be here and be a part of you because you know how to worship. You know how to give the glory to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords because he's worthy. Worship. Worship, worship. I love it when I see mothers come up and bring their children up here around the altar because children are watching mothers what we do and grandmothers. I know Roche is not up here today and her mother is hundreds of miles away in Madagascar. But I can remember at the end of last year when Sister Richardson was here, one thing that I was impressed with her was her worship. She worshiped. Even the service before she knew she was going to be leaving to go hundreds of miles away from her family. 
and Jared's here. I see him here. And she, but what did she do? She was worshiping. Why does Rache do what she does? Because she had a mom that wasn't inhibited and said, I'm going to worship God. I'm going to give him everything I could give. What did she do? She left both of her children here to go to the mission field. I haven't done that. But God called Brother and Sister Richardson over there. I honor Rache and Jared. They're so faithful. Mom and dad are not here. Hey, we could stay home from church. We don't have to participate in worship. But they're here and they're worshiping and they're loving God. Oh, I know Mother's Day is sometimes not a very pleasant day for everyone. But I want to encourage you today that didn't have a good mother or don't have a good example. I want this verse of scripture to ring in your ear today every time you come for Mother's Day. This is the day that the Lord hath made. I will rejoice in it. So this church, we've adopted you and we love you. Some of you here have lost your mothers when you were young. I was 17 when I lost my mom. Sister Lottie, we were talking yesterday. She was 28. I don't understand why I lost, why we lost our mothers so young. But you know what? I was determined. I'm going to make it. See, my mother got sick when I was 12 years old. I was the baby of the family. And I could remember learning how to cook over the telephone. My dad was at work. I was the baby of the family. I, was, I had siblings who were all in college. I was the last one at home. I can remember calling mother and say, how do I cook rice? And she taught me how to cook rice. But I remember I got real upset with God. And I said, God, I was 13, 14, 15 years old. And I got real upset with God. Hey, I'm a teenager. Why are you doing this? I'm by my, here at home, it's dad and I, and dad was working full time. But I'll never forget coming home from school one day, going through the front door, and I walked in. And all I could hear was, she was completely bedridden. All I could hear was this voice praying in the, in the back, in the back bedroom praying for me. And I said, God, I'll never complain again. Yeah, I can remember as if it was yesterday. I made a commitment then. I said, God... If you take my mother, that's all right, but I'm going to live for you. I stood strong. Oh, was it, did I go hit some hard times? Oh, yes, I did. I wasn't perfect, but I remember I'm going to make it. But I can remember going back when yesterday talking to Sister Lottie, and she said she lost her mother, she lost her brother. I don't know, this is life. But I've learned through the trials and the ladies that we have that if I can just wake up in the morning and say, this is the day that the Lord hath made and I will rejoice and be glad in it and give true worship to Him, He can get you through it. Oh yes, I'm talking to the ladies, but I want to talk to the gentlemen too. He can bring you through it. I don't know why some of y'all have gone through some things, but I have learned if you just put, give it to him and worship, he'll guide you through it. Why do I worship Jesus? Because he likes it. It changes our focus. Do you realize the Bible commands it? If the rocks will, you know the verse. He's worthy. 
I want to celebrate who God is and what he's done. He loved me and he loved you when you were unlovable. And he's so faithful. His unfailing love. I worship him because he has a plan for my life and for you, you, your life. And when we stray, his merciful hand is there reaching out and saying, I'll take you back. I love you. I love this story in the book of Mark. There was a paralyzed man, and he knew Jesus was in town. And, he's, and he said, if I can only make it to that house. Now, let me use my imagination. I have a feeling the houses back in the Bible time were not quite like our home here. But they did have to cook. So probably their main room in their house was the kitchen. But Jesus was ministering in this house in Mark chapter 2. And there was a group of people in the house. In fact, there were so many people in the house. And really, there wasn't room for any more in there. But this guy that was paralyzed, he said, if I could just get in that house and if I could just see Jesus. He had some great friends. These were good friends. He said, now if I could, the friend said, we know you really want to go to this house and, and you want to see Jesus and you want to hear him. said, you know what, we're going to carry you. So they put him on the cot and they said, we're going to take you to the house. And when they got there, the door was jam with people and they said excuse me can I can nobody wanted to give up their spot because they wanted to be there close to Jesus so the friends said decided well we'll go to plan B so what did they do they climbed on the roof now what would you do if you had a house full of people today some of you might have your house completely full for Mother's Day celebration and all of a sudden you look up and there's sheetrock, nails. What would you do? Somebody tearing the roof down. But I, nothing in the Bible was saying about complaining. But these friends got the man on the roof. Now can you imagine? So they've got him in a cot. He's paralyzed. He's crippled. They got him on the rooftop, tore the roof down, and lowered him in. Now, these men didn't come in the house. The only one that was, came in the house was this man. Now, I'm going to say they came into the kitchen. The Bible doesn't say that. But they lowered him into the kitchen. But what I, when I got to reading this, the point that, that got to me was, as soon as they got him to Jesus and they lowered this man in, there was a, a statement, and Jesus asked, and I'm going through my notes. I'm going ahead of myself. Son, thy sins be forgiven. He didn't heal the man. The first thing Jesus said when they lowered the, the paralyzed man in in Mark 2, Son, thy sins be forgiven thee. Because Jesus saw his greater need was his sin than his healing. Did he heal him? Yes. Did he redeem him? Yes. Thank Jesus, thank the Lord that he's not only our healer, but he's our redeemer. He's our savior. He has the power to forgive us our, of our sins. But when that man walked away that 
day. All he thought he was going was to get to healing for his body. He'd had no idea that he would be forgiven of his sins. Ladies, that could happen to you today on this Mother's Day. Jesus could heal your body, but he could also fill you with his spirit. That would be the best gift you've ever had. The Holy Ghost. Yes, that man left different than when he came. And ladies, you can leave different when you leave here today. Why? When that man went there, he had no hope except he said, I want to see Jesus. But he left complete victory. He needed hope. He needed salvation. And he needed healing. And he got all of them. Some of you have come here today with doors that are blocked. The doors are heavy. But I want to tell you that you can come and start dancing in the kitchen and worshiping when those doors are blocked. Oh, you know about the woman with the issue of blood crying out to Jesus. If I could just touch the hem of his garment, if I could just touch him, I could be made whole. What did she do? I don't think she just barely walked there. But she pressed her way through the crowd because I can just touch him. I can be made whole. She was hopeless. Was she had blocked doors? Oh, yes. She knew her days were numbered, but she said, I'm going through the crowd. That was her block with the crowd, the door there. But there was a God that hung on the cross for you and I, and he can unlock any door that you have today. When she got there and she touched Jesus, you know the story. She was made healed. And she made her way through the crowd. But you will read in the Bible where she rejoiced because she started worshiping because of her healing. Her faith, her determination made a way when the door was blocked. And sometimes we have the door blocked in our kitchen. But you don't understand, Sister Buford. That door's been blocked for a long time, and it seemed like I can't get through it. Yes, the enemy has blocked your door to victory. Have you tried and just pressed your way through it? But everywhere I try to open the door, it's locked, or it's got chains on it, and I can't get through. But let me just mention here today, Satan will, will love to try to block your victory. He will do everything he can to stifle you. But you can say, greater is he that's within me than he that's in the world. And I can make it through. I'm bound to get through the locked doors. When you look at Jesus on the cross, the wooden cross, you think of a wooden door. The next time there is a, just a wooden door right there and you say, I don't know how I can get through it. Just this week, I had a lady cry, call me this week crying. She said, Sister Buford, this has happened. My door's blocked. It's locked. I don't see how I can get over it, around it, or through it. And I told her on the phone, that's not our problem. We're going to give it to God. He's the one that can open the door. I can't open it, but I can pray for you. And I prayed with her over the phone. For asking God to unblock that door. I'm tired of the enemy crushing in on our ladies. 
I'm tired of the enemy attacking our ladies. I'm tired of the enemy saying you can't do this and you can't do that. God's got it in control, ladies. Yes, we're emotional, and I am too. But if you could just look at his nail-scored hands and say, God, I need your peace. I need the peace that passes all understanding, and I need your help. I'm tired of the enemy coming in and busting up homes and families. That's where that's a blocked door. But when you put it in God's hand and say, God, I'm going to worship through this. I'm not going to let the enemy block my door. I'm not going to let the enemy close it and put a steel barricade and these, these uh, not chains, locks on the door and these screens on it because I want God to be able to come through. Don't let the enemy block your blessings. Don't let him hinder your joy. And don't let the enemy hinder your peace. I love what 1 Corinthians 10, 13. There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful. Who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you are able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape? that you may be able to bear it. We can bear it, not alone, but with him. We can escape, not Jane Buford by herself, but with him we can. He's faithful, he's faithful, he's faithful. Sometimes I have to worship through the garage, worship through the front door, worship through the utility room. And then when I get in the kitchen, I start dancing because I'm worshiping. That's a bunch of doors. You think the garage door, the front door, the utility room door. But then when I say, hey, if I can just get into that kitchen and start worshiping him. Sometimes we can turn those trials into blessings. Yes, the enemy might bring defeat your way, but we'll turn that defeat into victory by saying, I can do it with Christ. With Christ. He may block your door of blessings with the biggest battle you ever face. But remember that no weapon that is formed against you shall prosper. The word prosper was translated from the Greek meaning push forward. Ladies, we can do it. The word weapon was transferred from the Greek meaning something prepared. When we push forward and God's there to prepare our way, we can make it. Let's not be like the tater family, the rotator, the agitator, the hesitator. Let's be like the sweet potato and start dancing in the kitchen. God wants you to be free. God wants you to be filled with joy. He wants you to have peace. He wants you to do well in life. Why? Because that's the God we serve. That's the God we serve. I can remember as a young girl in, in my home church, there was a little lady. Her name was Sister Parker. I don't, actually, I was small, and, and her husband passed away, and she had seven children. She didn't have much of an income, but I can remember Sister Parker, and I'm going to put this mic down. But as a teenage girl, 
I can remember looking at Sister Parker and I thought, she can pray with me. She can pray help me. She didn't have much, but she knew how to worship. And she knew what to do. And a lot of times that, uh, during the day, she would fix this lunch. And whatever the kids grown up, if they weren't working, come eat. They'd come eat at Mama's house. But they not only wanted to come get the natural food at Mama's house, they knew there was a praying Mama that was there. There's a lot of ladies here today in this auditorium that I give honor to. There's a lot of worshipers here today that I give honor to. I've seen you walk the roads. I've seen you when you came. And when I was going through all of this, Brother Sponsler, the first thing I thought of was Sister Sponsler. I remember in one of the services she could hardly get up. And I remember her getting up, and she walked up to about right here. And I walked up to her, and she said, I need prayer. And I got the pastor, and we started praying for Sister Sponsor. What a praying lady. You know why? She was a worshiper. She could have stayed home. I didn't feel good. I was sick. I couldn't hardly walk and to come up. But she came here because she said, I'm going to push through those doors and if I can just push through those doors, I can make it. She was a worshiper. She knew where her strength comes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I look at Sister Sally back here. We go way back, Sister Sally. She came here. She was from another country, and she come here to the United States. Has she hit some bumps? Oh, yeah, you have, Sally. I know your story, but you just decided, as for me and my house, I'm going to live for God. I'm not going to let there to be stumbling blocks here and doors here. But she said, I'm going to live for God. Whatever it takes, I'm going to live for God. Sally, I admire you. I've watched her just come up here and pray for different ones. Because she said, you know what? My mind is set, and I'm going to be a worshiper. I'm going to be a worshiper. I look at Sister Sanders. I talked to her today and her daughters. And she was telling me she had four daughters. Well, the Lord gave me two sons. I probably, I don't know what I'd done if I had four sons. I'm just glad I got two. <laughs> but I told her today, I said, Sister Sanders, I admire you with these beautiful girls that are here. And she's, I know her other daughter, there's, she's got three at the office three of them that work at the office beautiful living for God but something had to embedded into these other two daughters because there had to be a mama here that say you know what I'm going to pray I don't care what blocked doors are come I'm going to pray I'm going to be faithful to the house of God so sister Sanders said here I come and why did her, her daughters call her blessed but she was determined the doors are going to be blocked, but I'm going to keep pressing on. I'm going to keep pressing on. I'm going to keep pressing on. Sister Farino, I admire you. Through sickness she comes. And I know probably right now if I'd ask you, but you probably don't want to ask. She's probably sitting here in pain. But she said, I had to come to the house of God. She wants to be here every service, but she can't because she's in so much pain. But she said, as for me and my house, I'm going to serve God. 
I could keep on going up and down this aisle and talk to so many of you that are here. Cindy, here's a girl. Oh, she's not a mom, but you know what? She's helped my grandkids. She's been a blessing to a lot of the kids in these church, this church. Cindy, thank you for living for God. Thank you for deciding, you know what? I'm going to go a different road. I'm a lady, and, and yes, I could have gone a different road, but God said no. Cindy said no, I've determined I'm going to live for God. Whatever it takes, I'm going to live for God. Thank you, Sister Cindy. I know I told you at the beginning this is a total different Mother's Day, but I felt it when Sister Buford and, and Pastor Buford asked me to speak. I started praying and fasting, and God gave me a different direction. I didn't want to go this direction. I wanted to do something for Mother's Day. But then the thought came to me, God, that was a door, and I'm going to go through it. I didn't want it to go through it. I wanted to do something else for Mother's Day. But I wanted to encourage you ladies to worship. Dancing in the kitchen and giving him your all and all. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Because when I start giving him praise, I feel the victory and I become victorious. There's an old saying that God will make a way when there seems to be no way. Because I want you ladies, when you leave here today, said, you know what, I'm going to dance in the kitchen instead of harping in the hallway. I'm going to dance in the kitchen instead of whining in the dining room. I'm going to dance in the kitchen instead of complaining in the closet. I've done this a few times. I'm going to dance in the kitchen instead of yelling in the yard trying to get those two boys to come inside. And I'm going to dance in the kitchen instead of griping in the garage because I want my home to become a house of worship. Because when I walk in the house, I want it to be a place of worship. Ladies, we can walk in God's will. We can serve Him with all of our hearts. We can keep His commandments. And we will live a holy life. He will give you victory. God has something good for you today. I don't know what you came in today for Mother's Day, but I've changed it to Ladies' Day. I don't know what you came in today, but I just want to encourage you that if we have prayer and worship, God will take it. Why are we dancing in the kitchen? Because we know of who God is and what he has for us. As we stand, I want to read the scripture at the very beginning that we, that we, in Psalms 100. But this is Jane Buford's version. Shout for joy in the earth. That's worship. Worship the Lord with gladness and come before him with a joyful song. Know that the Lord is God. He made you, ladies. You're his, and you're the sheep of his pasture. But we're going to enter his gates with praise. We're going to dance in the kitchen.
We're going to give thanks to Him and praise His name. For the Lord is good and His mercy endureth forever. God, I love you today. I pray for each lady that's here. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I feel you walking in the aisles right now, God. The lady that needs the Holy Ghost, God. I ask that you will quicken our heart. There might be some ladies here that the doors in her life, they're just right there and she can't get through them, God. I ask that you will minister to her today. If there's healing in the house, a lady that needs healing, I want her to just press through the crowd. Press through and say, God, would you touch me today? And if there's a lady here that's discouraged because there's a prodigal child that's not living for God, I pray that you would encourage her today. Give her the right words that maybe when that son or daughter calls and wishes her happy Mother's Day, that there will be a prayer meeting that will break over the phone and she could pray for her son or her daughter. God, there's needs. Anytime there's this group of people, this many people, there's needs here today. I pray a prayer blessing on all of the ladies here. I thought, how can I close this service, God? The only way I can close it is with your presence and worship. So today, God, with you in our midst, I'm inviting all the ladies to come to the front, if you would. And God, what are we going to do? We're going to worship. We're going to dance in the kitchen. I might not be in my physical kitchen right now, God, but I'm going to worship you with everything that I've got. Hallelujah, 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 